This is the draw for the third round of the Football Association Challenge Cup. 72 teams remain from over 500 teams who entered the competition. Mr Brown will now commence the draw. And that, for me, is how it should be. That's a proper Monday afternoon, gathered round the radio, FA Cup third round draw. You didn't even know the numbers. It was always worth an educated guess because they tended to do them alphabetically. And Everton were maybe somewhere between... 7 and 12. Welcome to the latest official Everton podcast. In this edition, we're looking at one of the best days, in my opinion, in the football calendar, the third round of the FA Cup. I'm joined by Dave Prentice and Gavin Buckland. We've got our facts and figures, our lempsips, our strepsils, <laughs> and we are ready to go. Dave Prentice, sitting by the radio, round about half past 12, waiting for Ted Croker. For me, that's a proper FA Cup draw. It was wonderful. It's uh, really nostalgic memories of early school days, you know, so waiting for that, you know, so moments, somebody would normally bring in a little dodgy transistor radio and we'd all <laughs> cram in a corner of the playground somewhere and listen to it. And it was, it was genuinely exciting because the FA Cup third round, it's so many possibilities, you know, you're never quite sure, you know, so how far you're going to go, what, what what's going to happen. And it does, it's just a magical time. It's been eroded a little bit in recent years, I know that because of the changes to the FA Cup competition. Lost a little bit of it to Lyon now, but, you know, so certainly then, you know, so when the draw was always on a Monday lunchtime at 12.30, it was, it was, it was something special. Gavin, why do you need to know the numbers in advance? For me, the excitement of any draw, the World Cup, the FA Cup, a, a church raffle, it's all about the suspense. You if know. you know your numbers in advance and you can yeah. even see them on the television screen, where's the suspense gone? I haven't got a claim. I suppose it's part of the attracting the attention and it's, you know, it's just appealing to the masses, I suppose. I'm totally with you. I think uh, it's lost all of its allure, hasn't it? You know, in terms of the, the draw... And that, that, that was just fantastic. That was Ted Croker's resource bag. He was called that the first voice you will hear is. You just had this, you haven't you? did this film of it since, but you mean you never knew it was film, did you? You know, like no, there's, there's film no. that, that exists now and, you know, stuffy room in Lancaster Gate, probably in the basement. And it, it sounded like that. And it was just fantastic. And um, as you say, the third round is, you know, still one of the great days of the calendar, isn't it? 64 teams in the third round, Gav. Five times now in the last nine seasons, we've been drawn against a Premier League team. Yeah, it says, it says it all, really, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know what the chances are. I presume they're, they're pretty, pretty high, aren't they? But that's the beauty of the third round. Anything can happen, can't mm. it, really? We've had some big wins in the third round in the past that we'll talk about, and uh, hopefully that'll be the same this season. We'll also speak about our earliest FA Cup memories, I'm sure. Preno, mine was the 71-72 season. Crystal Palace in the third round. We drew 2-2 down there. Came back to Goodison Park. Peter Scott scored wow. after about 30 seconds. And then uh, Roger Kenyon and Hirsty scored in the days when the replay was three or four days after the first game. Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, again, one of the, the beauties of the FA Cup, and if the replay was drawn, you'd have a second replay. Yeah. If that was drawn, you'd have a third replay. <laughs> and even in the semi-final, you know, so that, that happened on numerous occasions. And it was, it was a very pure competition. I mean, your earliest memory is a little bit earlier than mine. Mine was, well, first memory of the FA Cup tournaments, I suppose, 72 finals, the first one I can remember seeing. Mm. But as far as Everton were concerned, a certain referee whose name I still can't, you know, <laughs> I, I can't bring myself to say, broke my heart in 1975, uh, when he was, you know, as a referee in Everton v Fulham in the fifth round tie. And everyone always talks about the one two years later, but he was also culpable in that game, disallowing a Mick Lyons header down the street and Triorki Blackguard. But uh, <laughs> now that wasn't the first one I physically went to. Uh, that was uh, 1977. 
And that was a magical, magical FA Cup tie, but we'll talk about that a bit later, no doubt. We certainly will. What about the first three seasons that were in the FA yeah, Cup? Yeah, I mean, the FA Cup goes back to, what, 1872? We first entered it in 1886, and we were drawn against, a bit mad, you know, Glasgow, Glasgow Rangers, I think. <laughs> uh, you do. And um, I think what happens, we turned up, we realised we had an eligible player, because a lot of players come from Scotland in those days, yeah. and then, um, you know, the, the roots were sort of difficult to establish, and um, we, we forfeited at the time, we played the friendly, uh, <laughs> that, that actually did. And then a couple of years later, we played Bolton, uh, which was even more complicated, where the, the both both teams had eligible players. We ended up playing four, four times against Bolton, and still ended up being thrown out of the competition, because we, we had six ineligible players for, for the fourth game and did the manager just pop into the local pub yeah, and say yeah. anyone fancy a game wait, of wait, football was that the game that Nadine Dorry's granddad played in George Bargery the goalkeeper who apparently had a sensational game yeah yeah <laughs> I possibly but yeah and we, we ended up we stayed in the competition um, it was only and we played Preston we got beaten Preston so we then realised we shouldn't yeah. have been shouldn't have been playing and then we played the first time we played um, <laughs> Probably his first round then, of course. It was in the third round until uh, mm. later on. Uh, we beat Derby 11-2, which is a uh, typical yeah. 19th century football uh, <laughs> football results. And, and ever since then, we've kicked on. Um, you know, and that we've been playing top flight teams then. You know, so uh, great stuff. Tell us about the little bit of FA Cup history that for a long time, Bill Shankly had. Yeah, yeah. Um, in 45-46, which was the first season after the war, they didn't play league football, they still played wartime football, but the FA Cup um, was played in the third round we were due against uh, Preston. And I think I think it's unusual, I think it's still the only time they, they, they played both legs, they played two legs, legs in the FA Cup, we, we played at Preston, uh, got beat 2-1, Harry Catterick scored his first, uh, first goal for the club. Uh, in the game at Goodison, the rules were in the second leg, no way, nobody thought of the way go, goes through, mm. or indeed penalties. It was 10 minutes uh, extra time each way, and then just play till somebody scores. <laughs> We're just playing with your mates of a Sunday afternoon, yeah. that isn't it, really? So it was golden goal? Yeah, golden goal, yeah. Right. yeah. And uh, some games, I know what happened to Tranmere, they ended up having to, they, they played for like three hours, Tranmere, and ended up having to like, sort of play again because it got too dark, you know. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we, we made Joe Mercer scored. We made it 1 0 at Goodison. Uh, that was the 90 minute score. Both teams then scored an extra time uh, to make it uh, two, was that three, three goals apiece. Uh, and then with um, you know the skies darkening, Preston were awarded the penalty and uh, Bill Shankly scored the, the golden goal penalty, which I still think is, is the only one in, a, in an Everton game. And, um, and it was such a rarity that it was, it was 60 odd years later. Uh, 2009 um, James Milner was the next opponent to score a penalty wow. at Goodison against the FA in the FA Cup I remember sitting in the press box that day and like proudly saying do you realise that's the first one yeah. since uh, you've, been, you've, you've been waiting 20 I've years for that you? yeah there'd been a couple of missed miss penalties um, but yeah that would I mean that Preston game if you think about it three of the great figures of Merseyside football Joe Mears Harry Catter Bill Sankey yeah. all scored yeah. in the same in the same tie you know which is fantastic just while you're on a roll then Gav 1965 Sheffield Wednesday yeah played uh, Sheffield Wednesday um, 65 and 66 uh, hopefully we'll talk about the 6-6 game at some point in the future obviously um, we play, and it was the first time the match of the day cameras came to Goodison right. Evan of course you know like a lot of clubs to be fair but a bit weary about um, TV TV games I know like these days football and braces television those days there's a bit of cynicism 
towards it on the basis of, you know, quite rightly thought it affected the crowds on the on the day if they mm-hmm. thought the TV cameras were there. We played uh, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, third round, drew to all and then went to went to Hillsborough and won 3 0. 3 0 in the replay. And uh, it was a couple of years then before we were on match of the day. I think the next match of the day game of Goodison was the famous one against Man United in the yeah. uh, in the league game in sixty sixty seven. But yeah, there's loads of great stories in yeah. you know in the third round up until the modern era. Absolutely fantastic. Right, it's time for Preno <laughs> to come into his own. You'll enjoy this bit, Preno. Mackenzie. Twice he dummied the back heel. Still he has the ball. Crossfield run by Duncan McKenzie. Still, Stoke can't find a way of taking it from him. And McKenzie stops because the whistle has eventually brought a marvellous piece of play to an end. A foul by Waddington. And McKenzie grins his acknowledgement. General Sinstad, Duncan McKenzie, gliding across the pitch. That's what the FA Cup third round's all about, isn't it, Dave? It was. If, if you remember, if you're old enough to remember, it was quite a, a bleak time in Everson's fortunes. Uh, Billy Bingham's reign was you know, stuttering to an end. I think he was sacked only a few days later. And you needed a little bit of magic from somewhere. Duncan McKenzie had only just signed. Uh, and we'd fallen in love with him straight away already. I mean, his debut against Birmingham was like an incredible occasion. He scored a couple of goals that day. And uh, it was home debut. And uh, we just loved him. And then the FA Cup tie against Stoke, you know, he just produced all these magical little tricks that just illuminated the game. I think we were already winning. Mickey Lyons had scored down the street's end. Then he picked the ball up on one side of the pitch and dribbled the ball all the way across the other side of the pitch, doing little stepovers and shimmies along the way. Crowd absolutely adored it. The run came to absolutely nothing, but yeah, it didn't matter yeah, because yeah. it was just like a little bit of gilding of entertainment. I think I, I, right, I think I'm right to say Duncan scored the uh, the second goal from the penalty spot and we won 2 0. But the following day, I always remember uh, Sunday lunchtime, you know, sort of television. Elton Wellsby used to present the uh, you know, the lunchtime show. And uh, he was an Everton, Everton fan, Elton Wells, and, you know, still never actually nailed his colours to the mass then. Obviously, mm. he has done that. But he sat back, clearly loved it. And Tommy Smith, of all people, was the studio guest. And he's <laughs> saying, well, Tommy, you know, I'm sure you love that. And obviously, there's, you know, so we don't even need to ask you who the man of the match is, do we, after that? No, you're right, Elton, you don't. Andy King. <laughs> and Elton Wells would look at him and goes, really? Andy King? Not Duncan McKenzie? No, you haven't a laugh, aren't you? Those kind of skills belong in the circus, not on the football pitch. <laughs> and it was just Tommy's way of, you know, so undermining an opponent's opponents. Because when McKenzie had like a bit of a bit of rivalry down the years, came to a head in the 77 semi-final. But it was it was looking back in hindsight, it was very funny. But at the time we were you know really angry about it. You'll give it to him. What's Tommy Smith thinking? What's he doing? But it was, it, it just made that afternoon. Did uh, you go to that game? I did, yeah. That's my the first FA Cup tie I went to. Um, like I said, the 75 one I listened to on the radio. Uh, but yeah, first one I physically attended at Goodison. And it was just everything about the FA Cup that yeah. was like so magical. Yeah. And uh, obviously Billy Bingham uh, was sacked. And I know we're really talking about the third round, but Gordon Lee's first game was a fourth round replay against Swindon. Yeah. And again, that was yeah. an incredible occasion. A goal down with eight minutes to go and one two one. one you know, Dave Jones scored. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the FA Cup. You know, It's magical now, but back then I think it had something really special. Another great third round day, Preno, and it's gone down in folklore. And, and some people actually refer to this third round tie as the turning point in Everton's fortunes. And that, of course, is the old Victoria ground, Stoke City, when Howard Kendall famously just opened the window. Yeah, it was. It was, well, an an iconic and memorable occasion. I mean, it's funny, actually, you speak to some of the players from that era and they all think there were different turning points 
Andy Gray suggests maybe the Birmingham game, you know, sort of away in the league. You know, where Howard has said, look, if you don't do it for me today, I'm going to make changes. Uh, the Oxford, you know, so a cup quarter final, of course, people always talk about injuries equaliser. But there's no doubt whatsoever that that Stoke game had a significant part, you know, sort of in the club's fortunes. And again, the magic of the FA Cup, because we were going through a pretty dodgy spell at the time. And yes, I think it's about 15,000 fans. Like, so, you know, it's only a short journey, I know. But, you know, so I went, went down the M6 to Stoke and uh, they were making all kinds of noise before the game. Helped, no doubt, the fact that Neville Southall and Alan Harper were basically acting the ghost on the pitch. They were still doing uh, a warm-up. And, you know, so Alan Harper was going in goal and Neville was taking shots against him. And the crowd were loving it. And uh, they were, like, really, really getting loud. So much so that, you know, Howard famously opened the dressing room window and just said, look, I'm not giving a team talk today. That's, that's your team talk. Go out and do it for them. And again, psychology. Howard was a master of psychology. And, you know, the players just, like, sat back and just, like, listened to it. And it did. Whether it made a difference, I don't know. But Alan Urban scored probably the best goal of his entire career. Mm, Dribbled yeah. it, you know, so half the length of the pitch mm. to score. And we ended up, you know, so sort of winning and going all the way to Wembley and winning the FA Cup. The rest is history. Yeah. I remember that game well. Um, Andy King had scored at Birmingham and they'd been dropped. Yeah. And we were in the ground. King, he was on the first row, <laughs> stand behind us. <laughs> Everybody said, Andy, you've been dropped. And he's gone, no, no, I'm injured, honestly. I'm injured. Like, you know. And that thing about Howard, the, the, the story about the window, is sometimes you get football tales, but it's actually grown over time or something. Yeah. You know, but, but that was Howard actually mentioned that to the press after the game. If you yeah. read the newspaper reports on the Sunday, it's not one of these apocryphal stories that's grown over time. Howard actually said that yeah. on the Sunday, mm. uh, and that was in, you know on the Saturday, and that was in the Sunday press, and that was a, a great day. And with Plano, I think if they got beat at Oxford, they would have been all right. If they would got beat at Stoke, that would yeah. have been a different story. Yeah, to be honest with you, how the FA Cup can affect history. Yeah. Were either of you at Ellen Road in 1985 on a Friday night? It was. Uh, Hostile, shall we say? I'm ashamed to say I wasn't. Uh, been to Ellen Road many times, and yeah, always a, a fairly, fairly hideous place to go. To be honest, even when Leeds men played, we played uh, West Ham there in the FA Cup semi-final in 1980, and that was uh, a lively night, shall yeah. we say? Um, but no, that, I, I watched that from the safety of my front room <laughs> on telly, and it was you know the era when you know we were absolutely flying, and you just went there with absolute confidence that you know we were going to do a job. On Leeds, you know, even though we hadn't won at Ellen Road for so long, uh, and we did, and just you know, a team that had absolutely everything for that '85 team. You know, so if you wanted to mix it with them, they could mix it. If you wanted to play football, they could do that as well. We did a bit of both on that night, and uh, you know, bizarre. You know, I think the first goal was the penalty, wasn't it, from Sharpie? But then Sheedy's free kick, which was just like completely odd. Like he leathered it from outside the box, hit the crossbar, and managed to follow it in and score from the yeah, rebound. Yeah. I mean, you don't see that very often. He must be the only player to have an assist to his own goal, must he, Sheets? And that, oh yeah, that was, it went into orbit, didn't it? I think it came down yeah. about three days later and uh, that was a great result. They had some decent players. I think there was Dennis Irwin playing for Leeds that night. I think Andy Linnigan was playing. Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough place to go. We've been there a couple of times in the 60s. It's nice about no crown out. Never won at Leeds very often. Mm. You know, it's one of them places, yeah. isn't it? I think that's yeah. made up uh, even more sweeter that night. Here's another iconic FA Cup goal. Wednesday now, really a shade of the side they've been in all the hours that have preceded this match. And Everton running riot at the moment. Here's he. And Snowden is in space and he's onside. Well, 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 would you believe it? It's another goal. And we're not even at half time. The 43rd minute. And Everton have made it five. We were 4-0 up against Sheffield Wednesday. We needed a fifth <laughs> to make sure. And uh, Ian Snowden duly obliged. But Gav, one of the most astonishing 45 minutes of football I've ever seen. Thankfully, we got there 
we got there nice and handy. A lot of Evertonians didn't miss the first half. And after three 1-1 draws, this is pre-mobile phones, of course, very few late arrivals would believe that we were 5-0 up at half-time in the fourth game. Yeah, I don't think the players believed it either. I, w- I was a late arrival. And we played Sheffield Wednesday in the league that year. So by, by the end of January, we played Sheffield Wednesday five times. Yeah. And this is the third step tails. But, and I was on the coach. And I remember somebody said, oh, we're winning 1-0. And you know, like you made up, like, yeah, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Then. And then when it got to, like, 3-0, <laughs> you know, you're thinking, oh, no. And I got into, I was fortunate. I got into the ground at 3-0. But couldn't believe it was 3-0. I thought somebody was winding us up. So I did see Snodds' goal. Um, I did. I did remind him a, a while back when I was sitting next to him. That in, in the original game of Hillsborough, he could have settled all that because he was. He did the same at Hillsborough. Yeah. Run from deep, only the goalie to reach, and he screwed it. He screwed it wide. Said if he scored that, you know, you would have mm. wouldn't have had the cup marathon. But that was astonishing. Uh, and a, and a Graham Shaw, Patrick, uh, and a complete attic, wasn't it? Left yes, foot, it right was, foot, yeah. and header. Yeah. And like Sharpie's first day attics for the club, or first half attics. Well, Snobs obviously enjoyed scoring that goal, icing the cake, the fifth goal, but he's still, to this day, a little bit peeved that his teammates didn't share his enthusiasm. Absolutely not. I, um, we were 4-0 up and there were about a minute left before half-time and uh, I'd got a lot of stick off the uh, Chef Wednesday fans, obviously, playing for Leeds United, being a Yorkshire lad myself. And, uh, yeah, Adrian Heath put me through. And uh, Martin Hodge with the goalkeeper, he came out and I just slotted it that side of him, went running off to the uh, to the cop end <laughs> at Chef Wednesday and uh, jumped in the air, arms aloft, turned round, I'm thinking my teammates are a long time coming to celebrate and they were all on the halfway line and I'm thinking, and they must have thought, it's 5-0, what is he getting carried away for? And I put the fifth in and uh, turned round, eventually they got to me after about 25 seconds, but I would more or less walk back to the halfway line before they congratulated me, but no, it was a great feeling, brilliant result, because uh, the games were dead tight. How does that happen? You, 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 I played, really, you played in yeah. really many different strange games, but you couldn't get a beer map between the two teams for three matches it were incredible then we're 5-0 up it was absolutely incredible we we were just getting ready for another battle we thought he's going to be so tight yet again but to be 5-0 up at half time it were absolutely incredible sharp he got that trick obviously three great finishers and uh, and Ad, uh, was it Adrian Heath got the other one Adrian Heath got the other and I got the fifth but uh, it were an incredible game the, the fans I think a lot of the fans didn't get there on time as well. No, no. Uh, there were a lot of traffic and uh, I think there were something happened with the train. So I, I think a couple of thousand got in after half time and we were 5-0 up. So we couldn't believe it. Imagine the fans getting there and somebody <laughs> telling them we're, we're winning 5-0. So, uh, they were in, three tough games, the one one. Oh, they, they were difficult. They, they, were a, they were an handful, Chef Wednesday, yeah, in, yeah. The, in them times. Uh, and we, we loved to battle Everton, obviously. Mm-hmm. We Reedy's, Sharpies, Ratters, etc. But they give as good as what they got, Chef Wednesday. They were a decent side and uh, incredible result. Bizarrely, and, and you know this, Gav, we then needed three games to get rid of Middlesbrough <sighs> in, the, uh, in the fourth round. And between the 9th of January 1988 and the 24th of February 1988, we played 14 games. 12 of them were cup ties. Wow. Yeah. Eight in the FA Cup, three in the League Cup, and one in the long-forgotten and not-missed Simod Cup as well. 12 cup ties in 14 games. That'll never happen again. No, no. Well, as Plano said, the, 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 the scrap of cup, well, you know, cup replays beyond the... Um, Beyond the first replay, the last uh, added added Sevilla, the last uh, cup tie to go to a second replay was the famous one against Liverpool in '91. 
That was the nice. last seconds he played. Nice. The one Maggie nice. scored it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. I, I, I love that cup marathons. I, yeah. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they're like a competition in themselves, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. You know, when you know Evan and Sheffield Wednesday, the youngsters will never know it will. Live. Yeah, I think that's just sad. And there's lots of stuff that's gone wrong with the FA Cup over the years, but the third cup round is still magical. 1996, Gav. We are the FA Cup holders. Joe Royal came in to replace Mike Walker, famously turned things around to the extent that we went to Wembley and beat Manchester United in the cup final. Then we get Stockport County in the third round, and we think we're on a march again here. Yeah, when when a bit. Didn't go to plan. That was another marathon, wasn't it? If you yeah. think about it, like you know, two all. I think they scored in the last minute, didn't they? They got right near the end. Yeah. Of yeah. Dave Jones, of course, the second mentioned the second time in the pod. The, he was the manager, manager wasn't of he? Stockport. Was it, wasn't it a Sunday game as well? Uh, because I remember I'd, I'd yeah. been invited to do that. You know, what, I don't know what they call a show now on Sky TV, but, you know, where the press all sit around the table and they like, sort of chat about various topics. It was, they wanted me to talk about Duncan Ferguson. And I said, well, I can't do it because yeah, we've got an FA Cup tie. And Sky agreed to fly me uh, down to London to do wow. the show. And then fly back, which was great. And then obviously you say last minute equaliser and then go to Edgeley Park. And what I always remember from the replay is uh, John Ebrill scoring uh, a, a great goal, you know, running towards the uh, the away fans. Uh, sorry, the, the yeah, the away fans, the Emerson fans. And then suddenly turning around and like sort of running back towards the play, and they're all giving him stick afterwards, like laughing and joking, saying, You were terrified. <laughs> oh my god, thought no yeah. turn back. If you look at the video, he does that, but it was it was a proper ding dong cup tie, that one. Yeah, that was three two, wasn't it? I yeah. think uh, the the replay that was a uh, great time. But then we went to Paul Fail, didn't we? Then the next absolutely not enough about that. But yeah, I mean that, that's one of the things, isn't it? Really about the FA Cup, that's vitally important that, you know. You know, teams lower down got to put the full team out as well, haven't you? You know, that's hmm. that's 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 the thing. And those two games against Stockport were, were, were crackers, weren't they? I've got my own little story as well from the Stockport game because there's a picture of me at that game in Dave Jones' autobiography. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, brilliant. They, they, they used they used a photo of Dave, um, yeah. who I've got to know quite well over the years. They used a picture of him in his autobiography as a manager at Goodison, yeah. but it was that day. And at the time, my role on a match day was stadium announcer. And there's me, right in the middle of the photograph, <laughs> Dave Jones' autobiography. That, that's my third round story anyway. <laughs> Not quite as good as getting flown to London and back yeah. to do a television show. Um, let's push on to 1999 and a wonder goal from a most unlikely source. Oster was the player on the ball. It's a free kick to Everton with five minutes to go. And back at Yoko, tries one, oh, it's a goal! It's a goal for Everton with less than five minutes to go. And Ibrahim Bakayoko from the free kick produces a goal that sends the Everton supporters into their own celebration behind the goal. Uh, Bristol City away, nil-nil, four yeah. minutes to go. We didn't even know Bakayoko could take free kicks, did we, Dave? Neither did his teammates. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that was an era, you know, so when I was like sort of travelling with the players quite a lot and I got to know them very, very well. And we had history with Bristol City because obviously we'd you know, gone there in the fourth round in the year that we won the Cup in 95, got absolutely battered and won 1 0 with a yeah. Matt Jackson won the yeah. goal. And so, you know, we went down to Bristol four years later and it was a tight game again. Uh, it looked like a replay was on the cards and then a free kick, like you say, four minutes out. And Ibrahima just picked the ball, like so, sort of marched purposefully to the spot. 
you can see the players looking at each other saying, what's going on here? <laughs> and then he did, he absolutely bent one beautifully into the top corner. And you can actually see the looks of astonishment on the players. Like, where did that come from? And he scored a more typical back of Yoko goal shortly afterwards, a very, very scruffy one that you know, sort of bundled it in. But because it was so unlikely and it was such a wonder goal, we're all thinking, oh, that's it. Our name must be on the cup again. <laughs> it wasn't, unfortunately, but it was a great moment. Exeter City, the 1999-2000 season. We played them in the third round in December. Do we know why? Yeah, well, this is this is around the time where they started making changes. I mean, to the FA Cup that really <laughs> damaged it a little bit. You know, I think it went back to start playing the semi-finals at Wembley, wasn't it? it was the uh, mm. was I think the turning point for me because took that magic away, didn't it? Really, in, in the early nineties, nineteen ninety two thousand. It was a, it was a cup competition that was damaged because Manchester United didn't play. Because of you know the certain studies you know who said you know, said why they couldn't whether it was the the club or the FA because of the the, the commitment to the World Club Championship as part of uh, and they, they thought it damaged the World Cup bid for for England if United didn't play in that and so uh, there was also around the time that was when the European Cup and extra games in Europe and I think mind saying that they thought um, you know to to free up space. After Christmas, they'd have the, the FA Cup round, <laughs> round in December, yeah. which... Didn't which is, catch on. Yeah, didn't thankfully. catch on, which is going back, which I think is the first time you played the FA Cup before Christmas, since going back to the 1880s, those yeah. days yeah. we were talking yeah. about uh, at the start of the pod. And and that's what you want, you know, in the middle of December, to sit down to Exeter, wasn't it, I think? Uh, yeah, kick off, well. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then it came back to... Came back to Goldison, I think it was, must have just only been about the week before Christmas. It was something ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. It was absolutely freezing, and we managed to uh, drag out a, a one nil, one nil victory, and, and that was one of the changes. Definitely, it was just <clears> a, just a stupid change, yeah. and as I say, quite rightly so. It was uh, it was been for the following season. Some crackpot decisions regarding the cup over the years. One it? afternoon when we were the, on the wrong end of the magic of the FA Cup, and I was there at Game Meadow. In 2003, it was David Moyes' first FA Cup tie as manager. It was Wayne Rooney's first FA Cup tie. Shrewsbury Town were 92nd in the Football League under the stewardship of the legendary Kevin Ratcliffe. So we really should have seen it coming, but we didn't. No, I remember that one very, very well. Um, I think it was my first visit to uh, to Game Meadow, and it was was a, a dank, you know, sort of gloomy day. And I think... You know, in hindsight, David will probably admit that, you know, he made you know, probably one or two errors that day because um, I think the pitch was very, very heavy and he'd trained the players that morning on a, or given like a run round on a local school pitch, which was also very heavy, just to try and accustom them to what mm. they were going to be uh, you know, facing. And they claimed afterwards it left them a little bit leg weary, a little bit leg heavy. Uh, and my abiding memory of that game is like we're trailing 2-1. I think Nicholas Alexander sort of scored our consolation. And Peter Clark, who was playing right back, got an opportunity to cross into the box um, you know, that last minute and just sliced it over the crossbar. <laughs> and I just thought, that's it. We're going out. We're going out to the yeah. team, 90 seconds. And it was. I mean, it was mixed emotions because we all love Kevin. You know, yeah. so, and it was yeah. like a great day for him, but it was an awful day for David. And, yeah, and it was. It was It was, It was. was one of the lowest ones. But yeah, like you say, magic of the FA Cup, you know, so... The nation at large would have loved it. You know, so seeing a club like Everton lose to the team 92nd, as we all laughed when Rexham mm. beat Arsenal. You know, mm. So similar circumstances in the early 90s. It happens sometimes. That's what makes the FA Cup special. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the high profile. Nigel Jameson scored both goals. Didn't he, for yeah. sure. he was on goals on Sunday on Sky the ne- yeah. on the next day. You know, It was such a big story. But yeah, I mean, but we had a good season there, didn't we? Uh, to be fair. Well, I spoke to Kevin Ratcliffe about that and I asked him, 
if he spoke to David Moyes after the game. Yeah, yeah I did. Um, look, you always have a drink with players. He didn't want to drink afterwards. He just wanted to get off. He was fuming. Um, and he came to tell me that. You know, he said, I'm not happy, Kevin. I can't stay, but thanks for the offer. And uh, off he went. I didn't think it was rude at all. I just thought that, you know, that's part of the game, you know, when things go wrong. And uh, he phoned me up on the Monday morning and said, um, Kev, you know, he said, I've watched the the video of the game a couple of times. He said, I didn't realise how well you'd played. He says, well done to you lads. But unfortunately, we never won a game after that in the league and got relegated. Mm. So there's uh, there's good things, but it turned the club around uh, at Shrewsbury. You know, club was £700,000 in debt. At the end of that year, was six hundred thousand pound in credit, and we turned down. Um, I think it was near on a million pounds. We'd sold a player for five hundred grand. We turned down nearly a, just under a million for two players. So, you know, the cl- the club were in good hands, and that was one of my jobs that I thought I was good at bringing kids through yeah. and giving them a chance and uh, make them better players. The win against Everton in the FA Cup and the subsequent relegation, are those two events connected, Kevin? Did the players take their eye off the ball a little bit because all of a sudden they're amongst the most famous footballers in the country? Yeah, uh, look, you know, it was a great win for us. We had a mixture of young and old at the football club at the time. And I think the young resented the elder players because uh, they were getting the pats on the back, but also getting extra days off. The extra days off come because they played 500 league games and not 10. And they couldn't get their head around that, that I wanted them back in afternoons. And, you know, they, they were good kids, but, you know, I think only, only a couple of them went on and actually played at a higher level. As Shrewsbury Town were 92nd Preno, it's probably the biggest shock defeat we've ever had. But I just want to jump back in time to 1975 when we drew Northern Premier League Big hitters, Altrincham yeah. at Goodison Park in the third round and came perilously close to what would have eclipsed any FA Cup shock that had ever gone before because we were chasing the title at the time. Yeah, 100%. And I, I don't want to make excuses for this, but I think the boundaries between like the top tier of non-league and, and you know the first division were a lot closer you know, than maybe they are now. I mean, football was a lot more agricultural then. You, know, you could get away with a lot more physicality. And non-league teams generally came and had you know, a real mm. good kicking match. You know, so. And as a result, there were a number of like significant you know, sort of FA Cup upsets. And Leatherhead went 2-0 up at Leicester. Remember a famous one uh, on Match of the Day. And, you know, so Leicester managed to turn it around and win 3-2. Wimbledon, Wimbledon beat Burnley that day. Team, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they drew uh, Leeds. Dickie Guy famously said, and you know, the great Leeds team, uh, Dickie Guy famously said penalty and only eventually lost one them in the replay. You know, piece of Lottimer penalty. Uh, so I'm Altrincham, of course, famously with Birmingham City uh, a few years later, who were a top division team. So you know it did happen, and uh, yeah, we were trailing one 0 and it was a, a, a grim, grim day. Uh, John Connolly, who was like so important to our title push that year, had his leg broken. I said it was a very, very physical game. Mm. Um, Gary Jones, Gary Jones got sent off, got sent off yeah. for squaring up to an opponent, and I think he threw a punch at him, and he got sent off. So you know we were down to ten men, and the most influential striker missing. And we clung on. It was it was a penalty basically that you know we were, we were given Dave Clements, you know, one of the most uh, high pressure penalties of recent years. Mm-hmm. Managed to convert it, and then the replay was at Old Trafford because uh, you know Altrincham saw a way of making some extra money, and so you know that probably suited us to be honest, rather than going to Altrincham. So it was at Old Trafford, and you know, we did the job in the uh, in the replay, one two nil, but it was very very close uh, to an exit. 
in hindsight, maybe I wish it had happened. Maybe we'd have been spared that fun. Ten more come a bit later in the draw. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah. But yeah. then again, the Plymouth fourth round, that was great, wasn't yeah, it? So, yeah. 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 I mean, that one well, you saw. You saw a classic one at non-league Telford in 1985, didn't you? Yeah. You know, we were we were tough. You yeah. know, and that they oh, were very polite, very yeah. physical, weren't yeah. they? Telford against the, you know the best team in Europe at the time, and yeah, uh, yeah he, he could bridge bridge the gap. I think just a, a bonus that the, the two goal scorers at Old Trafford were uh, Bob Latchford and Mickey Mickey Lyons were also the two goal scorers in the League Cup final, Old Trafford in 1977. Yeah, there you go. There's always a little yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. some people, some Evertonians of a certain vintage, think that that game against Aldringham ultimately cost us the league title because John Connolly broke his leg. He was flying at the time. He didn't play again that season, and it still irks him. Well, I suppose you 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 know that the non-league sides are going to be physical. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I used to go and watch a lot of the, when I played football up in Scotland, so the junior sides in Scotland, the junior side was a, would be the equivalent of the non-league down in England. And they, they were hardy, hardy games at that time. So, no, I, I, I thought it would be physical, but uh, obviously what happened to me, I, I think was just, uh, he was straight over the top of the ball to me as far as I'm concerned. It was, it was a bad tackle, yeah, bad, bad tackle. Uh, which, as I say, the only good thing about it is I could say it was a clean break. That's the only good thing I could take out of it. It was a clean break because it, it could probably have been a lot more even complicated than that. So, yeah, that was uh, the biggest downside of my whole career, I have to say, uh, because at that time, I was playing at the top of my game. I couldn't, uh, couldn't be playing any better than that. And it's debatable whether I ever get back to playing at that level, I would have to say. Well, also in action that day was Phil Smith. Phil Smith was my history teacher at Quarry Bank Comprehensive. <laughs> so yeah. he's to blame. Yeah, he's yeah, to blame yeah. for my lack of historical knowledge. And uh, I caught up with Phil Smith recently for his recollections of the day he played for Altrincham at Goodison. Fantastic excitement, I have to say, because a fair number of the team were based in Liverpool. Yeah even though Altrincham was obviously a Manchester club. Um, so there was a mixture of Evertonians and Liverpoolians and everybody, even the Evertonians like me, we were highly motivated to win the game, mm. obvious reasons. So the, the sort of build-up to it was was massive. It was quite a funny build-up because our team suddenly struck great form and were winning, winning, winning. But Everton, who'd been, I think, either second or nearly top of the mm. first division, just going into Christmas, they suffered a lot of injuries and a couple of defeats. And so we was we felt that we had a good chance because they were on a little of a downturn and we were on an upturn. So was it the plan to make the game as physical as you could? <laughs> it's all we knew. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh absolutely. You know, we, it, we the, the biggest problem we were going to have, obviously, was technique in terms of you know, Everton were going to be significantly better players we had quite a lot of speed in our team which we were pretty hopeful would cause them some trouble but yeah the, the our, de, our defense and a, and a couple of our midfield players you know they were they were pretty strong guys and 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 it was no different you know we, we approached it as if it was going to be another northern premier league game and we were a physical team in the northern premier league so why would we be any different against Everton? 
Yeah, no need to no need to fear anybody else from you, did you? Because effectively you were in the Northern Premier League, but you were you were better than a lot of the fourth division teams, maybe even some of the third division teams. Well, it was it was quite a funny little story about that because Billy Bingham, who obviously was the Everton manager at the time, was quoted as saying, Oh, altering, you know, we're not we're not treating them lightly because they are as good as any fourth division team. And our manager was seriously unhappy with that <laughs> because they often said we were as good as any third division team, which um, we, we were as good as any fourth division team. Whether we were as good as third division team, I'm not so sure. But he he, he put that as a little motivator to the guys mm-hmm. and say, you know, he's he's saying, you know, he's, Bingham is saying you're just fourth division players, really, and you're, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you guys know you're better than that. So it was quite a little bit of mind games and... But I don't think, in fairness to Billy Bingham, I don't think he was insulting, uh, deliberately insulting us when he said we were as good as fourth division. But it sort of was a quite an interesting uh, little side play on that. It was an incredible result, wasn't it, for Altrincham? There must have been some celebrations that night, knowing that you'd come to Goodison and got a draw. There, there was a lot of celebrations, but to be honest, I think quite a few of us felt it was an opportunity missed um, because obviously Everton went down to ten men. When uh, Gary Jones got sent off, yeah, uh, we so we had you know we had an extra man for probably well he got sent off just on half time, so <clears throat> we had an extra man for the whole of the second half, and we were one nil up at that time, and so and even after it went to one one we had chances we, we missed a few chances, um, and I think afterwards although you know you were caught up in the fact that yes we've just beaten a you know top. First division side, just drawn with them. You know, I think a lot of people were a little bit disappointed that this was our chance and we blown it. If the replay had been held at Altrincham, you'd probably had a better chance in the replay, wouldn't you? Yeah, but when you but you know, a club like Altrincham or any non-league club cannot turn down. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but thirty-five thousand turned up in the second game mm. at Old Trafford, which was absolutely off the scale. So. You know, for, for our board of directors to have two games totaling seventy thousand spectators, when you get half the proceeds, you know mm-hmm. that was too good an opportunity. But you're probably right. Um, but the the biggest difference in the second game was one player, Martin Dobson, who who didn't play in the first game. He was injured. Came back in the I think injured. Came back in the second game, and we couldn't get the ball off him. He was a player, wasn't he? He was, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't realize how good a player he was until I played against him at Old Trafford, and he was, you know, different. He was by far and away, him and Latchford were by far and away the best of the Everton players. Mm. But he was a better player than I'd ever played against in my life, you know. So he just dominated the midfield. Okay, let's get back onto the uh, chronological track. Oldham Athletic at home, two thousand and eight. Dave Stefan yeah. Vessels. Yeah, David Moyes got away with that one, uh, largely because we had uh, a League Cup semi-final. Uh, was it first or second leg a few days later? And so he mixed his team up, uh, put Stefan Vessels in goal. I've never seen the logic in that. I get mixing your team up, but your goalkeeper. You know, mm. so why would you make a goalkeeping change? Uh, but he did. He gave Stefan Vessels uh, a rare appearance. And yeah, he, he, he was less than convincing, shall we say, uh, with a goal down at the street end. We ended up getting beat 1-0. 
And there wasn't quite the level of you know, sort of angst that there might normally have been because we were playing Chelsea only a few days later. Everybody was focused on that. But yeah, you know, in hindsight, you know, a big opportunity missed. But yeah, I'll never get my head around that, you know, sort of changing your goalkeeper in an FA Cup side. Very, very strange. Yeah, it, it only seems maybe being in four major competitions after still after Christmas. It was just still in Europe as well. Yeah. And, and the Oldham game, famously or infamously, delayed 30 minutes because of a fire in the chippy on there. Good to know if you remember. Thankfully, nobody was nobody was uh, nobody was here. to think it was just one of one of those things. Yeah, somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody left. Somebody left the fire on too you know too long. But that, that only happened on third round day. That couldn't oh, really absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Not, not the normal league game. Must be third round. Didn't kick off till three thirty. I yeah. remember being at Moss Rose in two thousand and nine wow. when yeah. um, we played Macclesfield Town, and the players actually got changed at the team hotel. Uh, Jimmy Martin and Tony Sage had been to the Moss Rose to put the kit out. They went back and they said to David Moyes, the lads can't get changed in there. There's just no space. Yeah. Um, so they all got changed in the hotel and uh, and they were they came on to the ground and already in their kits on the bus. And uh, it took one goal, a cracking goal as well from, from Leon Osman. Osman. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was probably the coldest I've ever been in a football match that day. I mean, it wasn't just the players that like sort of were discomforted that day. Because uh, I turned up, I was working for the Echo, turned up to collect my press pass and was told there wasn't one. <laughs> and I was saying, well, what do you mean there isn't one? I don't know what had gone wrong, but you know, so there, there was no pass. And so I argued the toss and argued the toss. And uh, eventually they agreed to accommodate me, but not in the press box because the press box was absolutely chopped. Mm, it only had yeah. like six seats in it. And so I had to go around the other side of the ground and uh, sit in one of the other stands that you know, led down to the pitch. And uh, with my laptop on my knee, you know, so surrounded by supporters, which was quite an interesting experience. <clears throat> and it was absolutely Baltic. Because, uh, again, you, you you get FA Cup ties played if the conditions were uh, just about playable, a little bit yeah. iffy sometimes. And it was certainly a bit iffy that day. Uh, and it was, you know, so it was quite late on, I think. You know, it looked like it was going to be, you know, sort of going to a replay. And uh, Ozzy scored a blinder down to our left. I'm not sure quite what end that was at the ground. But it was, you know, it's obviously... I remember before the game... Um, we had the, we had one of the ends behind the goal, didn't we? And it was packed, yeah. so it was probably a good few hundred there, given the capacity yeah. and 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 the, the allocation that we got. And there was a guy with the microphone on the halfway line, whipping up the crowd, and he's gone. Uh, North Stand, make some noise. The Macclesfield fans have cheered. West Stand, make some noise. They've all cheered. East Stand as well. He's turned and faced the Evertonians, and he's gone. Evertonians, make some noise for your team. Nothing. <laughs> Not a peep. So he tried it again. Not a peep. Typically contrary. Oh, those. absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. Funny little story as well from Tamworth, of all teams, that we drew in the third yeah. round in 2012. And one of them took a fierce tackle. It was probably from Tony Hibbert. And the Tamworth guy clattered into the uh, the advertising board at the paddock in Lower Bullens. And he was on the floor, clearly in some distress, and an Evertonian ran, Evertonian ran over and said, hey, mate, hey, mate. And the, the guy looked at him and he said, is Tamworth anywhere near Sutton Coldfield? <laughs> <laughs> well, either of you at Upton Park when we were there for an absolute age. We'd, uh, we'd drawn at Goodison Park. Then we went to West Ham, third round in 2015. And we went 1-0 down. Then we went 2-1 up, if my memory serves me correctly. Then they equalised again. And it went all the way through the penalty kicks to the two goalkeepers, uh, Joel Robles and Adrian. Yeah, another occasion of uh, you know, so making a goalkeeping change and Joel Robles. Uh, mm. Was he playing consistently then? No, I think he was brought in just for that game. 
And it was. We had a thing about penalty shootouts, didn't we? We just did, didn't never seem to have like a good record in them. Uh, you know, it changed a little bit in recent years, but for a long, long time they were seen as being jinxed. And uh, that that was one that, like you say, just went on forever and ever. Nine eight was it? It finally finished. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, you know, down to both goalkeepers. Yeah, it was. I didn't go that night. No, I was watching it on television. Yeah, it doesn't ease the pain any. But yeah, it's. Uh, Joe Robles missed, and so did Stephen Naismith. Good question. I wouldn't have got that right. Not many people would. Yeah. What has Leighton Baines done, Gav, that Bob Latchford and Dixie Dean never managed? Oh, covered this once, but I think he's uh, probably scored in the FA Cup third round um, in, what was it, four, four consecutive seasons? Four consecutive seasons. R- remarkable. 2010 remarkable against Carlisle, 2011 against Scunthorpe, 2012 against Tamworth. 2013 against Cheltenham. So <laughs> he's every right to score in those games, yeah. I suppose. Just, just, um, just a fact on the Cheltenham game, which I think was, that was a Monday night, wasn't it? I think mm. that was, was that 5 1. That was the first time both uh, Everton fullbacks scored in the same game. Seamus scored that night as well. And I got a ticket for speeding on the way out. Yeah, did you? <laughs> <laughs> every third round time yeah, has yeah, a story, yeah, yeah, doesn't did it? Did you get a press sheet, though, Carol? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a good night until that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half past one on Derby Road in Bootle. Half past one in the morning, Derby Road in Bootle. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spoke to Leighton Baines down at Finch Farm recently and he didn't know that he had a bit of FA Cup history attached to him. No, I had no idea. <laughs> didn't have a clue. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to look back on though, isn't it? I mean, I know you're not one for records and stats, but to be the only player when we've had people like Dixie Dean and Bob Latchford and Graham Sharp, the only ones who scored in four consecutive third rounds, it's something, isn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting one, definitely. And I say one I wouldn't have been aware of. Uh, but I'm sure someone will pop up at some point and, and break it. That's normally the way these things go. I was looking at the lineups that David Moyes picked. You scored against Carlisle and Scunthorpe, Tamworth and Cheltenham. So All the biggest. You probably had every right to score in those games, didn't you? But Moyes, he played strong teams, didn't he? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the games. I can remember a couple of them. I think Tamworth was the one. Is that a Goodison mm, penalty? Yeah. I come off the bench and... I generally, yeah, I always played and when he did make changes, I generally weren't one of them. Mm-hmm. Remember there was a couple of times he spoke to me and said like, yeah, I'm, I'm making five, six changes, but you know, I'm going to need you to play. But I was always happy just carrying on playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Would you have played if he'd give you the option? Yeah, yeah, I'd rather play, yeah. always. And yeah, I remember the Tamworth one was the one I was on the bench, but it was like 1-0 and it was... It was like he turned around, and told me to get ready. And I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, but and then yeah, I'd no sooner come on, and I think we got a penalty quite yeah. quickly and put it to bed. But yeah, it wasn't. Well, it was getting a bit edgy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it wasn't remember. comfortable, and it was at that moment I think where it was getting a bit edgy. Um, he told me to go and get ready. Um, so yeah, but generally I I, I always played. It, it, was it always a magical day, the FA Cup third round? Yeah, especially like at, at, you know what at the start it was like a it was really something because you it was a there was a romance around the cup yeah. and growing up like as a kid the FA Cup was something and I remember yeah like first playing in it and like I couldn't believe I played in the FA Cup mm. and it felt surreal like oh, I've played in the FA Cup um, and it and it did it did genuinely always keep that. Magic. David Moyes played a strong team when we played Macclesfield in the third round when Ozzy scored, beat them 1 0. Ozzy scored a really good goal. It was another tough afternoon. But then from there, you're playing Liverpool, Villa, Middlesbrough, Man United. It was a tough, tough cup run. Was there, was there, was there a moment during that cup run when you thought, you know what, we could go all the way? Yeah, I think, when, I think once you start edging some of the other 
bigger teams out and you yeah. start winning games and you're thinking yeah there's, there's a possibility of something here and then just by consequence of getting through yourself but also knowing that you're putting decent teams out yourself mm. and they're no longer in the hat and you're looking around to see who else is left in it so yeah I think there's always once you get to that sort of fifth round stage mm. you're touching distance from yeah from, from semi-finals and finals so once you get in and around that you can start to start to get a little bit excited well we're just about to wrap things up guys but Manchester United away on a Friday night the 9,000 tickets flew out complete sellout in the away end it could be Dave it could be another special FA Cup third round night I certainly hope so because when the draw was made you'd immediately left with a sense of deflation because you don't want to and wager all first of all you don't want to Premier League when you consider who else we could have got exactly your Rotherham's and your Ipswich's and uh, so yeah, that that was you know a little bit deflated. But then you think, well, okay, United will make changes. Obviously, we will also. Um, and you start to get a little bit of a sense of anticipation of what if, what if, maybe. You know, you're gonna have to be you know sort of a decent side somewhere along the way if you're gonna win the FA Cup. Apart from our neighbours who did it in 1992, playing lower division teams all the way through, including the final. Yeah. Not that we're in any way bitter. <laughs> but no, I mean, you've got to be a decent side somewhere along the way, especially nowadays. And, uh, so, you know, you might as well start right at the very, very beginning. But it'll be a great atmosphere because, again, the FA Cup, if it had been a league game, there'd only be so many thousand fans inside mm-hmm. Old Trafford. Because it's the FA Cup, there's 9,000 in there. So there'd be a very, very different atmosphere. Similar to maybe, you know, so one that was very, very close in the FA Cup at Old Trafford. Famous quarter final when Howard's uh, team was just beginning to emerge. Oh, yeah. And yeah. a great game. We played really, really well and were cruelly done in the 93rd minute, I think, by, uh, by Lou Macari, header for Frank, or Frank Stapleton, touch for Lou Macari on the other way around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, lost one nil. Uh, but hopefully we'll be spared that kind of heartache on this occasion and it will be one of those like sort of special nights. It'll be special atmosphere-wise. We know that mm. straight away. And uh, live on telly on Friday night as well. So, yeah, hopefully something a little bit magical. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the atmosphere is so great on that Friday match against Man United, like the game in AC3, where the noise of the crowd was that much, it broke the sound equipment to Granada Television <laughs> in, in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was when we had like, that's when you used to get a course. We had like 15,000 that day, and that was a fantastic yeah. game. And I was, you know, we talk about like game, we talk about the Stoke game with Howard, you know, and that, that was part, that Man United game that we got beat, it was part of the developmental thing, wasn't yeah. it? There was a lot of players who went to that game as, as boys who came out of it, man. And if it's as good a game as what it was in 83, it'd be a cracker and hopefully we get, we'll get a 93rd minute winner yeah. this time. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, we've lamented the fact that the FA Cup draw is not like it used to be, but let's hope that however they do it, wherever they do it and whoever does it, that we're in the draw for the fourth round. My thanks as always to Preno and Gavin. Although this year's third round draw has been a little unkind, we have upset the odds against Manchester United in the FA Cup before. Thanks for listening. Watson gets the clearance in and here's Limpart and it's a four on two break. Stewart wants it to the left, Jackson wants it to the right, right out wants it down the middle. Still Matt Jackson. Oh, look for and out from Stewart. And then 